Welcome to the Fun Pod Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Loris. We are here to talk about everything phonetics and phonology and learn about new research by linguists all over the world. For episode five, I'm honored to welcome Valeria Perperlezia. Valeria is a PhD student in the SNSF Project Dynamics of Indexical Information in Speech and its role in speech communication and speaker recognition, supervised by Professor Dr. Volker Delvo, Professor Dr. Martin Meyer, and Dr. Natalie Giroux. She has a bachelor's degree in English philology from Kiev National Linguistic University in Ukraine, and she has a master's degree in English linguistics from the University of Graz in Austria. She's interested in voice quality and voice dynamics, neurobiology of speech and language, and evolution of language. Her PhD project focuses on the role of neuronal oscillations in speech processing, namely which role different acoustic cues play in the entrainment to speech of specific speakers. And how do I know Valeria? We are in the same reading group every semester at the University of Zurich, where each of us chooses an article that all of us will read. That student has to present it on the day, and then we discuss it. And here she is, and now I'm more than delighted to have her as my guest on the podcast. Valeria, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Vicky. Thank you for having me. Thank you for our invitation. It's such a yeah. pleasure, and what a background. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for the kind introduction. Yeah, it's it's all you. It's all your work. You're great. Oh, wonderful. So the question I usually ask my guests, the first question is, can you let us into what attracted you to being a phonetician? Oh, that's a tough one from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was um, the complexity of speech because mm -hmm. it's so multi-dimensional. Multi it's so it's so complex, but it's also so familiar to us. We use it every day. We talk casually. We can't communicate otherwise. Um, so I think that was really the complexity of this whole phenomenon. Amazing. And, uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. I think phonetics provides us with some really amazing tools for understanding and analyzing the speech signal. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Apart from the research that you do as a phonetician, did you ever expect or plan to teach it as well? Because you're a teaching assistant. Um, I like teaching, I should say. Yes, mm -hmm. I enjoy it. I enjoy communicating with uh, young uh, students and um, know what they are interested in. And um, yeah, teaching is, I think, a big part of academia. And uh, I am interested in staying in academia further after my PhD. So um, I think it's, it's a necessary part of being an academic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm not sure if I planned it in advance, <laughs> but this is how how it kind of is now. And uh, yeah, I like teaching. Oh, so. that's fantastic to hear. Are, are you planning any projects with your students? If you can tell us, are you doing any research with them too? Um, yes, currently I have two master students with whom we collaborate on an ongoing study. <laughs> so we collect the data together <laughs> and uh, afterwards they will analyze this data and will produce uh, two master thesis 
out of that data. So this is what is going on now. Mm -hmm. And this is related to a neuroscience study about um, voice perception. Mm -hmm. So uh, the master thesis are due to appear later this year. This is the one master thesis and another one, yeah, next next year, I think, in spring. Oh, yes. fantastic. Um, Yes, we also have some interesting topics and ideas for further master projects in phonetics proper. So not neuroscience plus phonetics, but just phonetics. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're always uh, welcoming new students who would like to work on a bachelor or master thesis project with, uh, with us. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> you look and sound very enthusiastic about it, and that's great. Um, well, it's it's nice to have uh, motivated collaborators always in your projects, and uh, usually we're lucky to have motivated master students. That's um, fantastic. And bachelor students who work with us. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> oh, that's great! Fantastic. So you are involved in speaker recognition. Can you explain a little bit more about it to us? What does it entail? How how are you looking at it? Yeah, um, well, speaker recognition, some people know this phenomenon under the voice recognition um, term, and uh, I'm not sure which one I prefer. Mm -hmm. um, I think I use them interchangeably, speaker and voice recognition, although some people might not agree with that. So basically, um, we study why, like I focus on the human being, so on human listeners, mm -hmm. uh, whereas some other colleagues in our group focus on the automatic speaker recognition, so how computer programs, computer algorithms uh, recognize and discriminate um, human voices, for example. Oh. But I, I study and I focus more on the human speaker recognition, so how we as humans are able to easily recognize voices of so many people whom we know right uh, some people are better in this task some people are worse in this task so we're all individual we're all different mm -hmm. um, yes so that's more or less it so i study the speaker recognition in different communicative situations right mm -hmm. because we speak differently in different um yeah in different situations basically so when we need to talk to kids we change our voice we modify our speaking style that's how True. we call the, um, the speaking mode with which we address someone when we talk to an elderly person who might have a hearing impairment mm -hmm. then we also adapt our speaking style a little bit and when we talk to our best friend then we also change our speaking style and um so yeah i look also at whether any of these speaking styles helps us to identify voices or discriminate voices. So you look at speaker recognition generally, um, not from an exclusively forensic point of view, but in the um, more general, let's say, realm. Yes, that's correct. So mm -hmm. some of my work is relevant for forensic context. For example, oh. in one of the recent studies, we looked at how people identify voices over Zoom, for example, right? Or over the telephone speech or over the studio speech. So we compared how different um, how different listeners perform when they only know the voices from, for example, a good quality audio compared mm -hmm. to people who only know the voice from the telephone audio right yeah. so that's a totally different uh, that's a th these are two different situations and uh, this study is for example more relevant for the forensic context um whereas in some other studies i look for example at whether younger listeners are better in discriminating younger voices and elderly mm -hmm. listeners are better in discriminating elderly voices right um 
because uh, the hypothesis being there is that um, there is the so-called same age advantage in voice processing. We know that from that field, that uh, we being younger, we are better in recognizing and discriminating younger faces, and mm -hmm. elderly people um, are somehow better in identifying and discriminating elderly faces of so people who are a bit more advanced in age. And since there are many, many parallels in face and voice processing, we mm -hmm. asked ourselves, oh, well, maybe there is a parallel like this in the voice processing. So, and so, for example, we now invite young and elderly listeners and play to them young and elderly voices. And then they have to do a very simple task um, by yeah, saying whether it's the same person or two different people talking. Oh, that yeah. is brilliant. So interesting. <laughs> Uh, Valeria, can you tell us more about the project you are involved in? Uh, yes, of course. So the Indexical Dynamics Project, that's the short term for it. And uh, I think it sounds uh, really fancy. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the Indexical Dynamic Pro Dynamics Project focuses really on how we change our individual vocal characteristics, individual features of our of our voice basically when we have to talk to different people in different communicative situations to different um, let's say communicative partners for example when we talk to our uh, to our dog whom we uh, whom we love so much right we talk in one way and when we talk to our best friend we talk in another way and when we have to talk to a computer we change our voice and the indexical dynamics project focuses exactly on what we do to our voice how we modify it to make ourselves more recognizable less recognizable more intelligible less intelligible and so on so what what is going on with our voice when we need to control it to adapt it um, mm -hmm. and to use it for different yeah, communicative situations. It's a very broad uh, topic. Mm -hmm. It's a very broad project, uh, but that also makes it very interesting. Oh, fantastic. I wouldn't have thought like of so many instances, like how we talk to the dog, for example. That's fantastic. You would have a lot of material from me <laughs> speaking to my sister's dog. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Is that going to be part of your PhD as well, if I can ask you this? Um, hopefully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yes. So um, my PhD is like in progress and uh, it's like it's an ongoing discussion which papers and which projects will be included in the yeah, in the so-called cumulative dissertation. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm doing one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Fantastic. Bo very interesting. Everything you're telling us. Me too. I'm so interested. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. So, um, mm -hmm. in some of my studies, I use uh, EEG, so electroencephalography, to investigate the electrical activity in our brain, basically, when we listen to different voices. Mm -hmm. uh, and by listening to different voices, I mean, we hear a sentence pronounced by a person whom we know really well compared to a person who we've just met, yeah, 
you know, <laughs> just mm -hmm. five minutes ago. Um, so EEG allows us to measure really the electrical activity, um, which is ongoing in your brain. It's always there. And irrespective of whether you listen to voices, you sleep, you're awake, and so on and so forth. And uh, currently, we have sophisticated methods to analyze how the brain continuously processes the speech, um, yeah, pronounced or produced better produced by different speakers. So that's what I'm looking at. And um, yeah, this way we know more about how how important the voice information is for our brain. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so we know that it's important to uh, understand the content of the speech, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, someone is saying, but it's equally important for all the communicative situations where we're at uh, to understand who is talking and when the talker changes in the dialogue, for example, or when you are in a room with multiple speakers. So it's important for us to detect this change mm -hmm. when someone has stopped talking and now it's a different voice talking or a different speaker talking. So we are trying to look at how the brain perceives this change in in the voice which we hear and uh, whether it influences the speech understanding, speech comprehension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we can do. And please ask if uh, I, I need to comment more on that. Oh, fantastic. Actually, I'd like to ask you. So, for example, you have participants in your research who come to your lab mm -hmm. and you have other people in there who are talking. How is it happening? I, that's how I perceive it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we do have uh, participants who come to our lab um, and uh, they, um, the, yeah, they, are, they, they are set up in a um, sound attenuated and also magnetically shielded booth because we have to isolate the impact from the environment as much as we can for the EEG recording to be clean and suitable for analyses. And then uh, our participants either have headphones through which they listen to speech or to other auditory stimuli, whatever we would like them to hear, mm -hmm. um, or they hear the sound from the loudspeakers. But uh, we do not have an experiment, for example, where you as a participant have an EEG cap on you and we record your brain activity while you're while someone also is in the booth and is talking to you and you like perceive this live speech. So we, uh, like I, work with the recorded speech. So whenever oh, I need okay. someone to listen to someone's voice or speech, I, in during the EG recording, we, uh, we play the recorded speech via the headphones or via the loudspeakers to our participants. Wow, okay, ah, fantastic. Yeah. And the recorded speech is dialogues or what is it? Do you have people in monologues? And normally for EEG, the stimuli have to be really, um, how should I say, yeah. of really good quality. They have to be, they have to be very carefully selected to make mm -hmm. sure that there are no artifacts. Uh, they are, I don't know, they have equal intensity, for example, because everything which is not controlled for, that's how we say for some random things that can vary in experiment, that can influence the brain activity and then that will be inconvenient for our analysis. So mm -hmm. uh, we use speech of different 
different speaking styles, but mostly it will be read speech. So mostly we would, prior to the EEG experiment, we would invite a couple of speakers mm -hmm. to, to, our, to our lab again, but now it's a speech recording lab and not the EEG lab. Mm -hmm. We would invite them and ask them uh, read uh, a text or read a set of sentences while we record their voice. Mm -hmm. And then the recording is processed, it's uh, cleaned, it's uh, the intensity is uh, corrected to make it... Um, to make it suitable for the EEG recordings and so on. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, this is this is the phonetic part of my uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> of my studies because sometimes we need uh, many voices to be recorded for the EEG mm -hmm. experiment, and sometimes we only need one speaker and one voice. That really depends on the research question or yeah. the focus of the study. So uh, yeah, mostly I would say EEG studies about speech perception do use read speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it can be sentences, they can be words, they can be syllables, they can be vowels. It mm -hmm. really depends on what you're interested in. And sometimes people don't even use the like the human speech, so to say. Sometimes mm -hmm. for the EEG recordings, for the auditory stimuli, people just generate um, the stimuli. Like they can generate a vowel, for example, with some software. Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, so that depends. Oh, fantastic. And you're working in that beautiful lab in the University of Zurich, the new one. Yes, we are. We are very lucky to work in the linguistic mm -hmm. research infrastructure. So mm -hmm. short, um, Leary in short, mm -hmm. uh, which is new, which has been recently launched. And uh, it has a fantastic infrastructure for speech recordings mm -hmm. from multiple speakers um, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But uh, each of the speakers can be seated in a separate recording booth, which is quite a rare setup. Wow. <laughs> so it's not like five people will be crowded in one recording room and then you have one microphone, which uh, sort of records everyone simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But there are several recording booths uh, for recording several speakers at mm -hmm. once, which is really great. Uh, we also have two EEG booths and we have lots of other equipment um, for speech and voice analyses and... Um, yeah, it's we're really lucky to have the lab and um, it's fantastic. Oh, it's also very close to our offices, so we don't need to commute to reach the lab. We just mm -hmm. need to go downstairs because the lab is uh, is in the basement of our building where our offices are. Oh, fantastic. I really want to come and see it at some point. Oh, you're very welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Whenever I'm, I'm you sure do. I'm going to love it. <laughs> yes, of course. So we will be happy to show you around. So, oh, great. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think we met each other in person. So we've, we've seen each other on Zoom multiple times. Yeah. Group, but uh, I don't think we've met in person. So, so it has to happen at some point. <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> I think we will be talking for hours. <laughs> we could, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Has the pandemic um, influenced your research at all? Has it affected the research you're doing? um to some extent mm -hmm. to some extent um at the time of the pandemic we were about to start large data collection mm -hmm. uh, for the large database for our project uh, but uh, because of the pandemic restrictions we were not allowed to use um how should i say to use the common spaces in our institute and we were not allowed yeah. for safety reasons to invite participants and to have the in-person recordings mm -hmm. uh, so we had to switch actually to 
distant distant mode recordings. Yeah. Uh, for example, I recorded uh, speech of some people over Zoom, like we are doing mm -hmm. it with me now. So I had to do that because I needed some speech material mm -hmm. from several speakers. And uh, since there was no other way um, of doing it, um, yeah, it was not possible to do it in the lab in person. Mm -hmm. So we did it. We did it online and uh, it worked to a certain extent it uh, it worked mm -hmm. but some projects had to be put um, on hold or postponed or delayed yeah. um, because of corona um so yeah we are happy to be back on track oh fantastic yeah, yeah. it really it was really challenging and we found solutions for it but still yeah. mm -hmm. oh, yes yeah, we had to be creative to find new ways and new approaches to collecting data and to, yes, inviting or working with participants. So mm -hmm. some of the studies had to be moved online only, for example, for example, speech perception studies or voice perception studies, which we did, mm -hmm. uh, we did them fully online. So the experiment was hosted online and uh, in order to access right. the experiment, uh, the participants didn't need to come to the lab anymore. They just received a link uh, by, e by email or, yeah. And they they actually accessed the experiment um, via this link, and they did they did it at home mm -hmm. uh, using their laptops, using their headphones. So uh, for some studies, that works fine, I would say. And yeah. uh, some of the some of the studies will still continue um, to do like this. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm still recording mm -hmm. online, so mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, great! And a question I ask all my guests: the the final question is there a linguist who you admire and you follow their work um oh that's a tough one <laughs> <Again. laughs> um a linguist whom i admire and whose work i follow um hmm well, first of all, I'm really lucky to work with my supervisors. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And uh, it provides me. So I have three supervisors, which, yeah, which is not too common, I guess. Yeah. So mm -hmm. normally, normally people would have two supervisors, mm -hmm. uh, but I have three of them and Fantastic. it helps. So it helps. So it provides me with different perspectives on my work. <laughs> um, and uh, each of them has, uh, has some different um has different focus so to say and they have different things to contribute and sometimes uh, most of the times and almost all of the times it's really useful to have this multiple input and yeah. feedback um mm -hmm. to to move to move with my work further mm -hmm. um but um yeah um whom else well as a linguist i have to think about noam chomsky yeah um that's that's one of the biggest names in linguistics mm -hmm. in the 20th century and um i actually started as a chomsky linguist mm -hmm. uh, started my path <laughs> as a chomsky linguist and, oh, really? uh, yes mm -hmm. yes um and uh, i do admire a lot of work done by noam chomsky mm -hmm. and uh, i think if uh, people study linguistics they whether they agree or not with his theories and his his approaches that's one thing but um i think that everyone who's interested in linguistics should be um, should be informed about uh, him his work and 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 so on um i was also lucky to uh to to get to know cedric books he is mm -hmm. a big name in the evolutionary linguistics and uh um yeah 
I was lucky to meet him and to oh. visit his team. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a while ago. That was um, I said, that was before I started my PhD. So uh, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes, uh, whom else? Uh, Francis Nolan. Francis mm -hmm. Nolan, and uh, who's now, I believe, he's retired. I think mm -hmm. um, he is. Um, yeah, he's a big name in phonetics, and uh, it was uh, it was very interesting to read and learn from his papers, his uh, approaches, his mm -hmm. uh, theories, and uh, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I can I can tell you about all the other names yeah. I can remember now, and uh, I know about them, but um, I think. Um, yeah, I think there are many, many worthy names in phonetics and linguistics and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I'm going to add all this and Valeria's work at the end in the show notes too, and all the linguists you have mentioned. This has been so enlightening. It was great. Thank you so much for this discussion today. Thank you, Vicky. That was really interesting and really fun. And thank you for all the questions. Uh, it was really a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It was so fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> oh, I definitely enjoyed it. That's that's no question that. I mean, look at my face. <laughs> no, no, that was really, really interesting. Yes, sharing, sharing my experience. And uh, yeah, thank you for your interest. Fantastic. And maybe we'll have you again on the podcast to talk about Chomsky and linguistics, a separate episode. <laughs> a separate episode. Uh, why not? Why not? Oh, great. Will then be... it's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Great. Yeah. And for our listeners, enjoy this podcast episode with Valeria. And remember to subscribe so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. If you would also like to be a guest or have any comments to add or questions for Valeria, please email me at Vicky Loris, that's V-I-C-K-Y-L-O-R-A-S at yahoo.ca for Canada. Thank you for listening and see you next time for a brand new episode of the Fawn Pod podcast. Music